There we go. All right. Now, I'm shit, man. Oh god, I got a fucking itch. All right, shit. What? What? Let me do the intro first, then we'll get to it. I got a lot of questions. <laughs> y'all know what it is, man. Y'all locked in with Panther Politics Podcast. I'm your host, Seven the Panther, aka the Carolina Hurricane Ridiculous Slang, aka your baby mama's favorite rapper, aka a whole lot of other shit. You should not call me my face. And today we locked in. First of all, shout out to Pretty Kings LLC, our sponsor. I'm locked in with my bro. Me and this dude go back like LeBron hairline before the Beijing. Now me, and my <laughs> man, Big Dope, Dope Valentine. What's good, bro? Yo, yo, what up, Sab? What's good? Shit, maintaining, man, trying to. You know how I go out here, out here loving this West Coast life. Honestly, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? This West Coast shit kind of cool, man. Shit, what's up with you? Man, just grinding, man. Just grinding. Can you see me? Yeah, no okay. doubt. All right, cool. This thing is true. Let me come up and watch off. You know, I, I'm trying to stay up with the technology, but, you know, I'm, I'm getting with it. What's going on, though? Shit, man, everything is everything, man. You know me, making music, podcasting, auditioning for movies and all that good shit. You know, just still doing my thing, man. But you, sir, have been doing the motherfucking thing. Now, before we go into what's happening right now, we will take the people back just a little bit. And I'm going to ask you this, because I don't know if I ever asked you this question in person. Um, and we know each other forever, so it's crazy that we haven't had this conversation. But when right. did you start rapping and what made you want to start rapping? Wow. Um, I started rapping in like sixth grade. Okay. Um, and what made me want to start rapping is um, what, somebody from my block came and spit Lottie Dottie to me. And I thought he wrote it. Oh, no doubt. But then I heard it on the radio and I was like, yo, what is this? And then um, I just started writing rhymes, man. A couple of my boys, we were all writing rhymes together. And then um, they stopped and I just kept doing it. And then when I was 13, I used to listen to 105.9, Hank Love and DNA. No and they doubt. had a show called, um, they had a show and a commercial on there was like, do you want to be a rapper? Um, call this number. So I called the number when I was 12. When I was tw when I was 12, I called the number. And dude was like, yo, man, how old are you? You know what I'm saying? I was like, 12. <laughs> and so I spit, I spit um, a verse over the phone. And then the week after that, I was in Brooklyn picking up a contract. Wow. That was that was a label called Jamaica Records that um the big homie Mel Kwan, who's okay. responsible for the whole Wu Tang, he owned that label. Sure did. Hell yeah. Mel Kwan bought RZA his first sampler. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that name. Like uh, a lot of people know, I hate familiar with the name Mel Kwan, but like of course um hip hop heads are, and especially New York hip hop heads are, are very familiar with Mel Kwan. So like. So that take you up to that. So at what point did it become like, so did, what did that deal turn into though? Like, did you record a project with him? So, or? so the deal was my parents were separated at the time and my mom lived in North Carolina and but both of my parents had to sign the contract. <sighs> so my dad was like, I right, if your mom signed it, I'll sign it. So my mom was like, she didn't want to sign it. Oh man. She's like, I want you to do something else. I don't want you to be a rapper. <laughs> I think all parents feel like that. 
Don't be a rapper. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so that's what happened. And um, so I still kept the connect with Mel Kwan. Um, if you want to fast forward that, I moved to North Carolina um, several years after. And then the first people I hook up with is um, Yag Food Front. No doubt. DVS. DVS, man, my God. That's yeah. my dude, man. Hell yeah. Now, you brought up an interesting uh, interesting thing that the first time I ever saw you, and I didn't know you at the time, and I didn't know that at some point we would end up connecting the way we did. But, like, I saw you at a show in Raleigh. Uh, I think Yagfu was there, and you and you and Nadi were there. Flim Flam was there. Right. Um, it might have been actually. It might have been in Chapel Hill. So I, I don't think it was in Raleigh. It was somewhere else in the RDU area. We was way. we was doing all, we was opening up for Yagfu. No doubt. Yeah, because it was uh it was y'all. I think y'all was there. Uh, what was them cats' names? Seventh Tribe. Se- man, I would I would love to hear hear uh, son that was the lead rapper for them. Like he was so crazy back then, man. That shit was crazy, bro. Yeah, that was a dope era, man. So I mean, like, how did you meet Naughty? And how did you know? What I'm saying, how did that whole thing come together? I met Nadi um, in high school because I did half high school in New York, half high school. Uh, the, I finished high school in um, North Carolina. You with the but Millbrook? Enloe. Enloe, okay, no doubt. no doubt. So I met Nadi um, and knew him from high school. And, uh, you know, we stayed tight. And uh, he was running with Yag Food too. No doubt. So that kind of, we were already boys and then we had some of the same boys, which was Yagfu. For sure. It's crazy you say Yagfu. I actually, I'm, uh, I'm doing some music with Spinfall uh, uh, right now, actually. <laughs> like, that's crazy. Um, damn, yeah, man, that's, that's wild. They were, the first, they were the first group that I seen, like, really moving and shaking. You know, I can't even hold you. Oh, that's real shit. Yeah, because when they got on, everybody was kind of shocked. Like, uh, they were kind of surprised that Yagfu got on. And I was like, bro, if you saw the way they worked, you wouldn't be surprised. Like they go hard for this shit. Like for real, for real. So like what was your what was your experience like not only running with them, but like just coming up through the scene and like getting acclimated to like doing shows and, and recording songs and like perfecting the art of MC? Like, how was that journey for you? Well, it was good because um Yagfu was doing shows and we were in Flim Flam, me and me and Naughty, RP, my bro. Um, we were in Flim Flam and we were opening up. So Yakfu was really trying to get us signed. You know, they had us, they set up a couple of um, meetings in New York. So we were between North Carolina and they lived in Virginia Beach when they got signed and then sure. New York. So, so it was, we were all over the place, everywhere. And But, but doing the shows, it was dope because, you know, we had that young, um, energy where you do your hands all types of ways and you dancing while you rapping real energetic and we and you know I was skinny then <laughs> me and Nadi was skinny then <laughs> and and we was we would come out and tear it up man you, know? well, so, you ain't so, lying about the energy bro <laughs> so once once we started tearing it up they was just like all right y'all open it up every show for us and then that's kind of you know that's that's that was the journey on that Oh, no doubt. Now, I met you in Detroit, in Winston-Salem. So what, I know you was at uh, St. Aug at one point, you came to Winston. Uh, so what, what kind of- I went of to St. Aug first, and then I transferred to Winston-Salem State. 
So, I mean, what facilitated that change? Was that just something you just wanted to do or you kind of had an idea or something you was trying to get shaken down there to try it? Or like, what, was, what facilitated I had, that? <laughs> I had to get out of Raleigh. I was getting in a little trouble. I had to get out of Raleigh. I feel it. I feel it. Hey, bro, I think we all had a reason to escape Raleigh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had to get out of Raleigh. Um, so I went to Winston-Salem. And then I remember the day I met you. You know what I'm saying? Um, I had already kind of knew uh, E Hood. No doubt. Um, rest in peace. Yeah, I just, yeah, rest in peace. Crazy. There's too many rest in peace going on right now. You know what I'm saying? But, um, I met you. I remember E Hood, and he knew I rapped. And then this is when I was living on campus, and he brought you to my room. And he was no like, doubt. yo, this. This my man. And you spit some shit that I was like, this nigga is crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember I remember to this day, I had a whole bunch of fittings like hanging up. And you started freestyling. You said a nigga can catch more caps than a hat rack. And you just named me shit in my room. And I was like, yo, this <laughs> what the f yo, this dude is crazy, man. But, oh but that was the, that was the first day we met. And then, you know, you know what it's been ever since. But we got we have musical errors that me and you've been through alone. Bro, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Because a lot of people that got in the journey with us or that was with us in that time when we met kind of like fell by the wayside as far as music goes. Like they kind of just stopped doing it or, or got into situations where they couldn't do it. So that right. and that's one thing I always appreciated about you. Like even when you left Winston and went back up, went back up, uh, went back out east, it was still, you were still rolling. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, what, checking you and I'm watching. I'm like, yo, my man is getting it. Yo, like this is. This is dope. And I remember we came to Fayetteville for your video shoot. We brought the whole Nebulous crew out there. All Wise was with us and uh, War Child and everybody. We came out there for the video shoot. But before we get to that, all right, you had an outstanding run in Winston-Salem as far as making music, connecting people, connecting with people. Um, you actually introduced me to several of the people who were instrumental in some of the things that moved my career forward, whether they were still a part of it after that or not. You introduced like, me to Will, you introduced me to Will Pringle for one. I didn't know that. I didn't know I, I don't even I don't even know how I met Will. <laughs> All I know is that <laughs> I was at his house one day and this nigga had some fire beats. Yes. That's yes. all I know. And then then that, yeah, go. Go ahead. Who else? Who else? Uh, no. I, you know, the young boy you introduced me to, Tadric, the one that rapped, uh, the young boy. Um, oh, he was dumb nice. Was he ever? My goodness, man. Goodness <laughs> gracious. Yo, bro. something happened to him too, right? Like, rest in peace too, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, so, man. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be a lot of them. We, I, I remember him. He was a little short dude from Winston-Salem who no got busy. Yes. Him, uh, Solomon and Kawisi. I met them because of you. Wow. Um, like, bro, like, the apartment was, like, hip-hop central from Winston-Salem, you know what I'm saying? So, like, that was crazy. I mean, Drastic was there. Like, at a point, it was you, John Black, me, Drastic, and fucking, and Cooney didn't even rap, but he was there. But, like, you know what I'm saying? But, like, it was all And Rowdy. Rowdy. And Rowdy, no doubt. Man, my nigga, free Rowdy meth, man. Yo, so, that was, that was our apartment we had in Winston-Salem. That was the crib Weatherwood, I had. baby. And Weatherwood. <laughs> Yes, sir. <laughs> right. Man, that was and good you time, live, man. you lived up the street from me in Weatherwood and but but my crib was um like rap training school. No doubt. Jassy turned the ASR on. We'd be in there 30,000 <laughs> blunts going around and everybody's just going. Now I'm gonna ask you if you remember this night. 
<laughs> this is wild. This is probably the craziest interview I've done so far because we got so much history. But like, remember the night we were sitting around smoking in the room, in the, in the living room, and there was a knock on the door. I'm trying to get out this fucking jacket because it's hot in here. Uh, it was a knock on the door. Like, Who the fuck is this knocking like the police? And you open the door and it was the fucking police. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yo, that was crazy. She was like, yo, you gonna be straight with me? He was, he was like, how straight do you want me to be? She was like, I feel weed. He was like, I guess you straight as a fucking arrow, dude. <laughs> I remember that night. I remember that night. Bro, that was priceless, man. Oh my God. So like, what what is, what is probably your best hip hop memory from, from that Winston-Salem era? Oh, um, definitely. Um, I think it might've been, it was definitely many nights where me and you were um, just, freestyling oh yeah um but i think it was a night that i think we got um reasonable doubt we was already rocking omatic i think we had got reasonable doubt and we just played that shit from top to bottom and i think Nas, it was written had just came out yeah because i was hating on (laughs) i remember i remember (laughs) And, but after we listened to all of those albums, like top, it was like a whole crew. It was like a listening session because it was everybody in the crib. No doubt, my crib was always the crib. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like always. <laughs> so um, definitely that day because after we heard that, we've had we continued to have our smoking session, and we had a cipher that was like one of the best. And I would just remember the energy in that cipher. And Ooh. that was probably the most memorable one. But the one you just mentioned was definitely funny with the <laughs> the police at the tour. Cause I remember I was like, yo, who is this knocking like the fucking police? <laughs> I was like, it is the police. <laughs> oh, that shit was, bro. I was like, and I'm holding the L in my hand, burning the fuck out my palm. Like, I can't let her see this. <laughs> but you see, you know what I'm saying? You see the guard ain't fold under pressure. You know what I'm saying? Not like, at all. Not at all, know, man. man. Like, There's been bad. plenty of times when it could have happened. Like, that night we was about to go to Charlotte in the Strange Rover and got pulled over on <laughs> <in> the hour. <laughs> Facts. That. Bro, that shit was crazy, man. Oh my goodness. See, um, see when, you, when you say strange rover, like you had to be a what's this state to even know what that was, you know? No man? doubt. Niggas <laughs> don't even know, bro. Like that, that was, was the crazy. Nissan. That was the Nissan van my, my dad had bought me. And we used to ride that thing through campus on Winston-Salem State and with the doors that would stay open. <laughs> and just, just pull out. up and pull up and just jump out on <laughs> Yo, what's up with it? Yeah, you know what I mean? Hey, that's the shit. Hey, the, now the wildest shit in the world to me was, um, it was a period in our evolution in that period where I wasn't present because I was on a vacation. Um, and I would call, but I didn't feel like saying my name over the phone. So like, I would call them and they'd be like, you have a call from. No, nah, you, you, you would call me from jail. You got locked up. You call me from jail every day. I would accept a call and it says, you have a um, collect call from an inmate at um, Davidson County Jail. His name is... <laughs> this nigga would beatbox his name. <laughs> Except. And... I was like, yo, he know who it is. Fuck that. <laughs> yeah, I remember all of that stuff. Like, I, I can't, I can't never forget that. You know, oh, like, 
Yeah. You know, you, I, I was like, damn, man, my man locked up. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, man. But, uh, you know, when you came home, I was like the happy. I was like, yo, some niggas don't come home, B. No doubt. And we had a, we, we did it big that night when I got in. So I was like, <laughs> yo, I was so fucking high that night. I didn't know what to do with myself, yo. But um, now, at a, at a point, everything kind of, everybody had to move on. Uh, the Winston-Salem era, the, the Weatherway era was super. Hold on, you can't skip. You can, <clears throat> how about when we went to New York? And played the purple tape all the way there and all the way back? <laughs> but but what, did, but what did we go to New York to do? What did we go? I don't even remember. I remember the trip. I don't remember the purpose. We went to New York to meet with MC Search. Right. I forgot all about this, dude. I was like, OC, I OC hooked me up with MC Search. OC. And oh, shit. OC, because, you know, OC was with Prince Poe, who I grew up with. Up? I grew up with Prince Poe in New York, you know, the Queens. Love, so, what up? Love, Queens, 2 30 all day, baby. Yo, yes. But um, Poe hooked me up with, I met O through Poe. O gave me search number. I told, I called search. I was like, yo, OC told me to call you. We coming up from North Carolina to play some music and search came to the hotel and we played all of them joints we did with Will, me and you did with Will, right for search. No doubt. He came He came to the hotel to listen to us. Do you remember that? No doubt. Now I remember. I was like, yo, I don't even know what the fuck we went to New York for. Like, I was like, I just remember we played the purple tape all the way there and all the way was back. Because search, search was running wild pitch and we was trying to get on wild pitch. No doubt. Hell yeah. That's man. That's crazy. I, man, I'm glad you said that because every time I tell that story, I'm always like, I know we went. I just can't remember why we. I mean, that was a lot of months ago, but like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like my mom would be fading this shit. So that was dope. I think that I think one of the other things that like you introduced me to Devin Ron. You're the reason I know Dev. Like, <laughs> you're the reason me, I know a lot of people. Like, P. Badders, I wouldn't know P. Badders if it wasn't me. So, like, Oh, that's crazy. Those my dogs, man. Those that's my same boys right there. Sure indeed. And then when you went back and you started, um, you went back out the rally, you started, it was Wall Street, right? Wall Street was the name of the was it then? Yeah. Yeah. So the so the reason I didn't go back to Western Salem State um was because I was just, you know, kind of wilding and I was just following my, you know, dream passion. But I got a job at um Plum Crazy. No doubt. Um, and I started out at Plum Crazy just as working the lights in Plum Crazy because I used to be with DJ Wonder. Sean, what up, bro? Yeah. <laughs> I DJ Wonder got a job at Plum Crazy, so I would go to work with him and not get paid, but just kind of be there. And then the, um, the manager of that club, Louis Cade, he wound up hiring me because I was there every night to just run the lights. So all I had to do was control the light boy. It was a big ass light boy though. Controlled it with the music. That was what I did. I think I got paid $75 every night to do that. Something like that. But that led from one to starting to rock the club more because I'm in the booth with him. I got the mic now. So I'm his MC <laughs> and, okay. the and the light man. So then I started DJing in Plum Crazy. Like Lewis, Lewis K, he gave me two crates of records and told me to go on the small side and that was my career jumping off. No doubt. 
Cause I remember I came, I came down to Raleigh to see my parents and he was like, yo, come to Plum Crazy. And I was like, all right. <laughs> so I came <laughs> to the club that night. And um, like, but when I but when I came, you weren't DJ, like you were basically running the show. So it was like, yo. Well, I did everything. I was the bar back, I was the light man, then I turned into the DJ. So I, I was all over the club. There's a tape with me in a camcorder running around the whole joint and it's like stars and it's, it's Plum Crazy was a dope experience, man. But um yes. that's that was around when me and P kind of started forming. No doubt. And that's when we, were, we were running hard, you know what I'm saying? Now, I want to holler at you about this. You was on, you had a video on BET Uncut, right? Yeah. VIP. <laughs> VIP, yes, indeed. Oh, my goodness. Now, a lot of niggas ain't never had a video on nothing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, ever. How did that even, how did you even do that? How did you, how did you get the video up there? You just sent it in and they was like, word. Nah. So this is how we were doing it. We shot, we shot like three videos for that song. The first video was not uncut. Um, so we redid, we reshot the video. We um, we had these connects to BT directly, directly. We sending them to cats in Brooklyn who work at BET and they taking it up there and we not getting no response. Then we actually just said, we mailed it in ourselves. Once we mailed it in ourselves, we got like a letter back saying it was accepted. <laughs> and, oh, and then it just kind of popped on uncut. Crazy. Mm. Like, like everybody was telling me, like, yo, man, I saw a video with you. I was like, huh? <laughs> you know, like, because I didn't even know it was going that going that crazy. Oh, that's dope, man. Hell yeah. But it felt it, it felt dope. And you know, what felt even doper was that after that first video got underground success, is when um VH1 came and they gave us a call. They was like, yo, we're doing a documentary on uncut videos and we want to interview you. And that's what led to y'all coming out to Fayville because we shot, we was like, all right, we wasn't even gonna do another uncut video, but we made that happen just because. We was riding the wave, you know what I'm saying? Hell yeah. So we went to Fayville and we shut the whole day down in Fayville. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. That was that was a beautiful day, man. It, I was, mean, it, was, it, was, it was almost like Freaknik at a video shoot. <laughs> Morning, Hell though. yeah, you ain't lying. You ain't lying at all. Lot tailgating is motorcycle clubs. Then we go to the hotel and take over the whole pool and. It's strippers walking through the hotel lobby while little white kids is there. And we got kicked out the hotel. Like, yo. <laughs> yo, that shit is classic, bro. You can't. And the fucked up yo. part is a lot of niggas be making up shit like that. And I'm like, no, we don't got to make it up. We was there. We was outside, bro. Believe that shit. We was outside like Plum Crazy. Yo, like, yo, so Plum Crazy went well. Everything was dope with that. I remember when you told me Plum Crazy was closing. And I was like, fuck, that's crazy. Yeah. But then that led to smoking grooves. Nah, which was, that led to Raleigh Live. That's why we're after Plum Crazy. Yes, that's right, Raleigh Live. I'm skipping shit, no doubt. Hell yeah. So I got I went down there and rock with Greg Dent and DJ Assassin, and then they was opening another spot. So Assassin gave me Raleigh Live, basically. 
man. I was killing them anyway, though. Like no, no. When, it came, when it came to rocket parties, we was in there tearing it up. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was so that crowd, I used to like that energetic, you know, that was right before the whole music industry got so southern. Where oh, it was yeah. just it was a a melting pot of all types of music. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't too much in New York, it wasn't too much, it was everything that was rocking at one time. And that's when I was DJing. I was like, yeah, I could go everywhere with it. You know what I'm saying? Everything that I like from wherever it's from, I can play it because it all, it all, it'll all go, no doubt. Hell, so how did you get into making beats? So honestly, um, when I was 13, 14, I used to record with a, a producer in the Bronx. Um, he lived off of Gun Hill Road. His name was Colin. He had an SP-12. With the big, with the big old school discs. Oh no! And, no. and I watched. I used to watch him on that machine, and then we did our first demo at a studio that the Jungle Brothers used to record at in um, Coney Island. And mm. uh, they had, and I watched them make beats. But really, I know how to make beats now because of Brad from Yag Fu. I used to watch him clip the tapes, but I learned how to physically make beats because of Devron. No doubt, no doubt. So when, so me and Dev, when me and Dev first met, I was going to New Rochelle to record. Oh, wow, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, I was Damn. in, I was, I was, we, we went to school, I was back in New York. So during while he doing that, we come. I'm coming to see him <laughs> over the summer. <laughs> oh, that's so, lit! Yeah, hell yeah. So I'm coming. Yeah, from, we coming. We coming from me. We coming from Queens to New Rochelle. Oh shit! Yeah. And going to Dev Spot and, and 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 then when I got an apartment and we had, we started getting equipment and I saw Dev working um, the ASR ten. Hmm. That really made me like, but watching him do it was crazy because Dev do he plays and he chops. No doubt, Dev's a fucking genius, man. Like I, I've seen, and he'll sing it to you. You know, he be like, "Yo, I hear something like dip, dip, dip," and then next thing you know, you got a song. But yo, yeah. Dev, Dev, fire! I got a song on my album. Here I am. Uh, it was H I A on everything, but here I am is the actual name of the album. But there's a song called Seven's Demo where I tell my story of my story of when I started rhyming and, and evolved up to a certain point. And then the third verse of that song, I talk about me and Dev. And I, I give you a major shout out um, because I, told, I I make it plain that I don't I wouldn't know Dev if it wasn't for you. Um, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I also said what you did to let me know how crazy Dev was. I was like, yo, I'm, I'm still off off that Big Daddy remix that Dev played. You know what I'm saying? Because I remember he remixed the heavy DJ on Big Daddy and you played it for me. And I was like, yo, who the fuck made that? <laughs> he was like, yo, that's my man Dev. I was like, I need to meet him, yo. I need to meet him. Um, and you made the connect. And bro, it's a lot of shit that I've done musically um, that I learned from you, that I learned from watching you, that I learned from being around you, that I learned from just seeing, even from a distance, seeing you move. I was like, maybe I should, you know, maybe I should do that. And you watching you made me broaden my horizons and not just be Mr. Battle Rapper. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, so I, I appreciate that, man. So um, 
But you always, Seb, you always been like one of my favorite artists, though. So besides you being being my homeboy, my brother, um, you always been one of my favorite artists. So, you know, many times we've been, you know, I was, I wanted to try to get you to do some bigger records because I just thought that you should have been out of here. You know what I'm saying? Man, thank you, bro. I appreciate that, man. I, I just knew. Hearing some of the battle rappers, like, I already know it's like niggas because I think I set up a couple of battles for you, didn't I? <laughs> yes, you I was did. like, y'all not fucking with my man, so let's come on. Yes, you did. And remember I, you I, and as deep, a matter of fact, you remember you in deep battle? Oh yeah. Oh man. In my basement. <laughs> and I, I my favorite battle was the one with Kenny McGowan. Kenny Kenny McGowan. Yeah. That one was funny. That one was fun because I didn't prepare for it, so I had to freestyle the whole time. Yeah, um, I know. And I was like, I was like, yo, I'm gonna just go out whatever he said. You know what I'm saying? I, I said, this nigga's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this nigga didn't prepare for this. Very fun, man. Yo, city, yo, city live, man. And I know Riley live was no smoking grooves. I don't want to skip over a bunch of shit, but like, city live sticks out to me because when I moved back to Raleigh for a little bit, I was up there almost every day. You know what I'm saying? And I and I hopped on a couple joints for you. I did a, a promo for y'all. I did and we did the joint with Josie and uh, with you, Pete, Josie and me. Um, I was looking for the fucking video on YouTube and I was like, yo, this shit is gone. <laughs> I can't find it either. I can't find it nowhere. So I'm like, how the fuck did it get taken down? But uh, that was a great, that was a great era, man. And it it, it it actually showed me a lot about you and not only your musical sense, but also your business acumen. Like you, you've always been able to, even if something goes sideways, you've always been able to bounce back and kind of rebound into something bigger and better. So like, that's dope in and of itself. But we gonna, we gonna take it from North Carolina now. So, cause now you're in Georgia. Have you, are you still doing music really? Or are you kind of focusing on the, on the other business right now? Nah, I'm definitely doing music. Um, definitely, definitely. Um, I got a I got a single out. I'm getting ready to shoot a video for it. Um, but I have a joint with Diamond D uh, from Digging in the Crates. So I'm definitely um getting ready to shoot a uh, a video for that. Then I got a couple other records that I'm doing in the works. And me and B Dub and P Bad, we working on a City Live album. Save me sixteen uh, bars, nigga. <laughs> always. Always. You know that shit. Always. Hey, what we did on the City Live album was crazy. Yeah, definitely. We always made dope joints, man. You know what I'm saying? Um, so yeah, I'm I'm always gonna do music, man. And I'm I'm about to get back into doing beats too. Oh shit, hell yeah, man. Hey, you know what it'd be crazy after all these years, man. Like maybe we should do like a little EP or something. You drop the beats. I got I got some bars and shit. You know what I'm saying? Maybe we should do that. It's been we ain't never done a whole project together, like so <laughs> I think it'll be dope to do it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, oh, I mean, man. you know, I'm always with it, Seth. Like I said, I mean. And, you know, and I and I still got my pen is still moving. I always, I got a couple of, I got a couple of hot hot joints in my phone, like cocked and ready. <laughs> so I already know you always got one of the chamber ready to go. Yeah, yeah, you know, because I still get inspired. You know what I'm saying? And then you know, um, you know, I I'm listening to a lot of, you know, Benny the Butcher, you know, um, J Cole listening to a lot of lyricism going on and, and, it, and it, it, it it inspires me to, you know, to get busy. Oh, yes, absolutely. I feel that. Now, tell, tell me more about Bass and Treble Cafe. 
Because I'll be seeing the pictures and the food looks delicious. <laughs> and I'm like, Yo, I need to get my ass to Atlanta. <laughs> but the Travel Cafe is just an upscale takeout restaurant. It's music themed. That's why it's called Basin Travel Cafe. Um, mm-hmm. And it's an upscale takeout restaurant in Jonesboro. It's 20 minutes downtown from Atlanta on Tara Boulevard, 9853 Tara Boulevard, that you can come and get your food fresh and it's going to taste good. And you're going to be treated real well for those 12 minutes that you there waiting for your food. No doubt. Hell yeah. So you've uh, always been crazy with the cooking since I know you. Like ever since I know, even when we was in Weatherwood, you would always whip something up. So like, what kind of got you into that side of shit? Like, cause that's honestly, not good. Now I've been cooking, I've been cooking since I was like eight or nine. And that started from being in the kitchen with my mother and my aunt and on Thanksgiving and stuff like that. But my mom, my mom and my dad cooked. You know what I'm saying? Like my dad fried some bomb fried chicken, baked some good chicken. My mom's shrimp fried rice is crazy. And they kind of, my mom always eats exotic stuff. So she's not, you know, so she'll bring home different stuff for you to try. Frog legs, pomegranate, (laughs) uh, guava fruit, chicken feet. You know, my mom's different with with her, um, you know, her palate. You know what I'm saying? So, but cooking wise, man, I think probably when I started cutting school, when I was like 12, 12, <laughs> I would just stay home and fry chicken, bro. Like from scratch, cut it, get a whole chicken and cut it. I don't know. I don't know how I knew I'd do it. I don't know. But I know oh, how to bust, bust it down, fry it, eat it, everything. <laughs> <laughs> but, but but really what the what the deal is with me and recipes now is that um the rhymes for me. Mm. You feel me? So like, I, I the same way I used to come up with a whole bunch of rhymes, now I come up with a whole bunch of recipes and whatever ones are the hot, hottest 16s, I shoot them out. For sure. Hey, what's your favorite dish that you that you that you make out there? Out of base and treble? Yes. <clears throat> um, I think the Hawaiian lobster waffle is one of the top joints. Um, it's a a waffle with a lobster tail, jumbo shrimp, um, a pineapple wedge, and you get a little umbrella almost, um, like it's um, straight from the islands. But um, that's one of the things I like to make, but it's only on the catering menu. But we have a jerk, we have a pasta. It's called Dutiga pasta. When you can mm-hmm. get a chicken, shrimp, or salmon. And um, that's the original recipe I made up that I think is crazy and everybody loves the um dirty go. Oh, that's lit, man. Yeah, I gotta I gotta get over there, man. I'm actually going I'm gonna be out east soon. I actually got a, a couple of shows in Florida next month, so I might slide up to Georgia while I'm out there. Um, I'll make sure I let you know though, so we can definitely connect. Because you know, you and you and Superstition both in Georgia, so I'm gonna try to see both of y'all while I'm out there. Um, man, that's crazy, yo, bro. I'm so proud of you, man. I don't, I don't get to say it enough. I mean, I, I say it all the time. I'm off that communication. I don't talk to none of my friends as much as I want to. Um, it's just I be running like a chicken with my head cut off. But, bro, I'm proud of you. I, I, I watch you. I pay attention to what you're doing, man. Even if I don't say nothing. I'm watching and I'm super proud of what you become because I know what it what it seemed like we might have been on the path to being at one point and now right. 
like like we on our grown man shit and, and doing doing it big. So bro, I'm super proud of you, man. Like keep doing what you're doing, please. Man, thank you, bro. Appreciate it, man. And likewise, now, likewise, bro. You know what I'm saying? That's why when oh, you asked me to do to do this, was no problem. Oh, and then we got so much history that it, it would be good for people to know some of the stuff that we talked about today. Absolutely, absolutely. I, I do want to go back real quick um, to talk about something uh, that we had touched on slightly just for a second. But um, it was at a point, you know, after we had kind of evolved in, in music and everybody was kind of doing their things kind of separately that when, when Nighty passed. Um, and when I heard the news, I was I was like shocked because, you know, I, I didn't have as much interaction with him as you, obviously, but like from the times I've been around him and got to talk to him and chop it up with him, especially when you know, I was part of the nobody's fat boy and all of them knew him. So like, that's how me and him kind of got cool. But it hit me hard because I was like, yo, he's such a good guy. Like, what the fuck happened? You know what I'm saying? Like, what was what was the initial like feeling like when you first heard that, that something that happened to you? Um, that rushed. I was in Atlanta and I was at work and I think P called me and oh, told man. me that and yeah that was that was that was that was hard man because he was such a great guy and then to know you know that somebody murdered him you know that was that was deep that was the hard part right there like I was like me and me, me and Nadi did a lot a lot Man. So that was that was that was that was that was hard. So I can only imagine, man. That's uh we you know, I had a conversation with somebody the other day. I said, you know, the hardest part of getting old older, I'm not gonna say old because I'm not old by any stretch of the imagination. That's a state of mind. But the hardest part of getting older is watching people die that you care about. Um because you know, until you go, you're just gonna keep seeing it. Right. And I, I think though, um one of the best things that happened with any of us is our resilience in the face of that. And the fact that, you know, it's been so much happening around you, including your own health scare at a point, um, that you still persevere through that. And that's, it ain't easy to do. A lot of motherfuckers just give up, man. You know what I'm saying? But you've persevered through so many things, you know what I'm saying? And to me, it says more about who you are as a person. Like, fuck all the artistry and everything else. Like, just you as a man. It says a lot about you as a person. Uh, and you've always been like that since I've known you. So is, is that like a, a product of your upbringing or just kind of like, you just, you're just just a hustler and, and it don't stop? <laughs> or maybe a combination of the two. Definitely a combination of the two, man. Um, you know, queens get the money, first of all. Facts. <laughs> Right here, let me show you that. <laughs> so let me say that, first of all, but yeah, my neighborhood, we had a lot of hustlers. So seven, um, when I was like eight or nine, bro, I had a book bag full of candy, selling candy on my block, man. So <laughs> I delivered newspapers um, during snowstorms in New York. So I've been hustling for a long time, bro. Jesus. He said so, so slowing down is like I don't I don't know what that is. Absolutely. You know, I'm just I'm just trying to make it make sense as I get older. No doubt. No doubt. Trying to make some good decisions to have some, you know, financial wealth and freedom. 
Hell yeah. Gotta but do that for that, the next generation. That's, that's growing up, man, just hustling. You know, you know how it is. You know how New York is. You hustle, baby. You gotta get it or you're gonna get left behind. Like that's how but, yeah. like New York, I think New York prepared me well for the world because no matter where you go, you still gotta hustle. Everywhere. Yeah. It ain't no easy streets out here, especially now. Okay, if you're in Alaska, you better you gotta you gotta go hustle in Alaska. So bro. Ever since I touched ground out here on the West Coast, I've been balls to the wall since I got here. Like I, I didn't take, I ain't took a day off. Like I, I was like, yo, I ain't never been out here like this. I'm about to make my mark now, like, cause I don't know how much longer I'm gonna be doing this shit. So like, right, I gotta get what I can get now. You know, right. that's kind of the thing. I'm like, shit, I'm, I'm creeping close to, I'm creeping closer to that big five. So I'm, <laughs> I better do it now. But yeah, that shit is real, man. All right, bro. Look, I appreciate you so much we're gonna have to do this again around the time when the music starts dropping because i want to get you p and b dub maybe on here together um yeah and i think that'll be super dope you know to get 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 the crew back together again <laughs> absolutely definitely but definitely. so tell the, um tell the people how they can find you online how they can tap in with base of trouble uh cafe and uh you know so they can so they can support so um it's um on instagram is big underscore delf Base and treble, base treble cafe on Instagram, or if you just go to Google, type in base and treble cafe, ninety eight fifty three Tara Boulevard, Jonesboro, Georgia, and just follow us, and you're gonna see what we got some big things in the plan. D and D's all in my grill, food truck is up next. We got a brand new mobile restaurant that's getting launched next week. You're gonna see it. It's gonna be the best food truck you've ever seen in your life. I cannot wait to get to fucking Georgia, bro. <laughs> we have, we have gourmet food on the go with this food truck. D&D's all on my grill food truck. We, got, we have a dog called the Manhattan. We have the Mac Vegas dog. We have the the Carolina dog. We have like gourmet dogs. We're going delicious. I know you got to have a Coney June. I know you got to have a Coney Island dog. Got to. Well, in Manhattan is the New York. I'm representing a couple of different cities. No doubt, so no doubt. The Manhattan is for New York, right there. But that's a that's a jumbo Nathan's with sauerkraut, onions, spicy mustard. But it's on a jumbo bun, jumbo dog, right? Wait, oh, bro, I cannot wait. I'm, the I'm the to Vegas Mac oh. dog is a is this is the same Nathan's on a bun, but it has mac and cheese and bacon bits on top of it. That's crazy. Can I, get it with turkey bacon? Can I get it with turkey bacon? <laughs> I'm going to make option for all the, the non-pork eaters. Yo, Definitely. you are the fucking man, bro. You are the fucking man. I swear you are. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm working on a project. I might see, shoot you a beat. See what you think. You know what I'm saying? See if you, see if you, fuck, see if you fuck with it. Let's do it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to send it to you and Pete. I think it's time for us to get another bang out there. So. I'm gonna see if I can Definitely. shake P out of retirement. <laughs> nah, P's moving around. No, he started. Um, they have a we got a documentary coming out about him, so I believe you're gonna get some music with that as well. Oh, that's fire, man! Yeah, because you know what? Just to take just to take it off of, and, and I know I gotta I gotta get ready to wrap this up, but I, I just want to. No, you good? I mean, you good, bro? P Batters is to me. P Batters is one of the best kept secrets that wasn't actually a secret but it didn't go where it should have went and i was like yo pete when he was in the source and when he did the joint with eight ball and uh what was on the song 
840. I was like, yo, P about to take the fuck off, yo. I just know he I just knew he was about to be out of here. But you know, the music business is a motherfucker, man. So <laughs> we um and I talk about this in um in the documentary for P. But me and P, we the same way me and you were doing missions to New York to meet with artists and CEOs, I was doing that with P as well. No doubt. And we were doing it, I mean, Rough Riders, Bad Boy, Chris Lighty, all of the big dogs, man. We were right there. We were me and P were in Rough Riders the night Jada finished his album. And we heard the whole album with everybody there in the studio. Oh shit. The first John Kiss the Game Goodbye? Yes, sir. Oh man. And that's the, yeah. And I got it, I got a rough ride of story too, but I'm not telling it on here. That's a <laughs> that's a whole <laughs> other situation. But yeah, that's just crazy. But bro, thank you so much, man. I'm gonna talk to you soon, but I promise you on that, and I will get that beat to you ASAP. Yeah, that's much love man. to you and the family, man. Most definitely appreciate it, brother. All right, I'll talk right. to you soon, family. Y'all know what it is. Panther Politics Podcast. Locked in with my man, Big Duff. Y'all make sure y'all follow me. And if you in Georgia, go fuck with Base of Trouble, man. And be on the lookout for that food truck. Panther Politics Podcast, 7 to Panther. Warren.